Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Cano, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, June the 14th, and welcome to our to our commentary. Well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this aftermath of the Trump indictment or the arraignment, actually, in Miami. I've never seen anything like what we've seen in the last 24 hours. That's, I guess that's what why they call it historic. But the idea that, you know, he flew down there, he went to the courthouse, and then after that, that they had that, that reception uh, at the Cuban restaurant Versailles, which is, by the way, one of the great Cuban restaurants of all time. That restaurant used to be, that restaurant used to be in Cuba. And it, uh, it actually uh, came to Miami. The owners came to Miami and set up, uh, and set up in Miami. And now they have that, that restaurant uh, right there. And it's a, real, it's a real tradition there in Miami. So if you ever go to Miami, I'm going to put a free plug here for the restaurant. But if you ever go to Miami, that's the place to go to eat uh, Cuban food, uh, Versailles. It's one of many, I should add. But that one is probably the most famous one of all of the of the restaurants in that uh in that great uh, city of course uh, a city with a huge cuban uh cuban american now population but he was down there i mean he was greeted quite well uh, there was a good crowd outside thankfully it was all very peaceful no problems uh the city of miami did a good job but what what's happened over the last 24 hours is something that is just it just defies any uh everything i mean First of all, he flew back to New Jersey and he gave that speech last night. I didn't catch it live, but I did see I did see bits and pieces of it. I think I've seen the whole thing, but not, you know, not when it was live. And, you know, very dramatic, very fiery speech. Uh, Obviously, he feels very strongly about this. And I think he should. I I think the indictment is honestly uh, a travesty. Uh, I, mean, I just don't think you do something like this. I don't think you, you, you know, you write an indictment like this uh, uh, against the president of the other party so close to the election. I just think that the, there was no, no good. I mean, the judgment was horrible in having um, an indictment of this, uh, of this type so close to the election and so, uh, you know, against uh, the guy of the other party. It would have been a lot better, as we've mentioned before, if they had written a report of not just him, but also what they're finding with, with President Biden, if they had written a report and submitted it to Congress and then say, you know, let's have a debate. You please clarify the law so that everybody knows what the law means. And it, it, if you read some of the reactions to the indictment, you you get them from everywhere. You've got people saying the indictment is as good as it gets. And then you have other people saying that uh, they overreached uh, with the Espionage Act and that the President Records Act doesn't. I mean, all kinds of very smart people uh, with a lot of different interpretations. So I think the Congress ought to sit down and revisit this law and at least give us a a sense of what the Congress wants. You know, I remember when when this law was passed, it was not one of the you know, it it was not anything that exciting, but it was back in the late 70s when President Carter was in the White House. And I don't remember that much of a big deal about it. I mean, certainly it was not written to send somebody to jail over over documents. I mean, that was never the, 
the intent. So I personally think there was a bit of overreach in this indictment. I think it was a very bad idea. And as I mentioned before, I think the the solution is to to go to uh, to the to the Congress problem. We've got a problem with President Biden. We've got a problem with President Trump. You guys need to rewrite this and let us know what you want. I think that would have been the best solution. But an indictment in this political atmosphere with so much division, I, I think, was just a a complete and total disaster. And I think you're seeing in in the reaction. But what we have seen in the last 24 hours, the kind of stuff that, you know, never seen before. I mean, it's just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Now, what does this mean to the election? I'm not sure. I'll be very honest with you. I'm not sure what it means to the general election. Now, as far as the primary, at least over the next three or four months, it puts President Trump in the number one position, maybe too far ahead of the others. But one of the things I've learned about politics over the years is that things change. And what may look like today may not look like three months from now or six months from now. We're still a year and two months or 13 or 14 months away from the political convention. So we have a lot of time ahead of us, the primaries. Uh, we haven't even had debates. We haven't really had an opportunity to, you know, to, to go through all of this and, and have a, uh, a good understanding of what we have just seen. So I am not going to make a lot of predictions. I think at the moment you can say that Trump is ahead in the primaries and very likely will be the nominee. Or how this, all of this impacts the general election, I, I don't know. It's a very close election, if you remember, in 2020. And, you know, decided by 50 or 60,000 votes in four or five states. So if those people were to flip to, to Trump, I guess he would win. But we don't know that. So I, I am not ready to go ahead and say that he's going to be, that he's going to win the general election. But I think right now he is probably going to get the nomination. And we'll see how that, uh, how that plays out. But there's also, of course, on the other side of the of the field, you've got the Democrats. And I am not convinced that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. I, I, I am not. I just see signs, you know, you've got Governor Newsom in California making a lot of noise and saying a lot of things. He sounds like a candidate to me. Sounds to me like he's getting ready to run. And he's just waiting for the opening. And the opening, of course, would be Joe Biden saying that he's not running for re-election, as happened uh, with Lyndon Johnson back in 1968. So a lot of things are up in the air right now, but what isn't up in the air is that this uh, indictment has created a backlash and has simply made things more passionate and has made the country more divided than ever before. And I think a lot of people like me look at this indictment and we go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what happened to Hillary Clinton? What happened to Sandy Berger, uh, you know, who was uh, caught trying to get some documents out of the archives uh, a few years ago, he was a, uh, I guess he was a foreign policy advisor to President Clinton. So what happens, I don't know, but we have never seen stuff like this before, where a candidate can can just, you know, get this kind of attention at one time, uh, like President Trump can get. I mean, he has basically monopolized the the media right now. It's all about Trump right now. And the other candidates who are running are simply not getting the attention. I see Governor Christie has been hitting Trump very hard, but he's not getting any attention. He's not going anywhere either. 
because, you know, this is not his year. I mean, timing has a lot to do with it. And I just don't think this is the best year for Christie. I think Christie in 2016 uh, was a better year for him because he was the governor of a blue state and the, 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 the Republicans were, were looking for a candidate who could win a state like New Jersey. But I think right now Christie is not going anywhere. And all these statements that he's making about President Trump, I, I don't think uh, it's helping him either. And I also don't think that these attacks, I mean, the idea that he's going to go against Donald Trump on a debate stage and beat Donald Trump on the way. Donald Trump is going to come back at him with a lot of stuff too. And I, I don't think that's the best way to defeat Donald Trump anyway. Uh, I think there are better ways. So Christie at one time was a very strong candidate. I don't see him as a very strong candidate uh, at the moment. I, I, I just do, do not. Well, things are happening in, in Latin America that are absolutely amazing. And the primary story is that China is advancing and moving all over Latin America. For example, China is in Cuba, uh, setting up a, a base in Cuba. Now, people say that they had it before, but I don't think it was as advanced as it is right now. What's happening in Cuba, of course, is that the Cuban government is basically broke and they need somebody to bail them out. And China is more than willing to do that in exchange for the proximity to uh, to the United States. So yes, there's no no question about it. No question about it that Cuba needs money and the Chinese are more than willing to to provide it. But it isn't just China going to Cuba. The Iranians are going to Cuba and they just went to to Venezuela. So you have, you know, what what it looks like a lot of, you know, a lot of people stepping on what had traditionally been US not territory, but the US area of influence which was the Western Hemisphere. You've got China, you've got Iran, and I, I just think that this is new territory, and I believe that this is happening because there's a perception that the U.S. is in decline, that the U.S. is in decline because of, uh, of the Biden administration. And I think that that's, uh, that's what the problem is, and that is why more and more and more uh, of these things are happening where China Latin America looking for for relationships, business relationships, economic relationships. They're really looking for natural resources. That's what uh, they're in Latin America, Latin America for. I have a story over at the American Thinker today about uh, what appears to be a backlash against all this transgender and boys playing with girls and all that. I think that this stuff is really starting to, back, to, to, to backfire on the people proposing this. And you're seeing a lot more Americans saying, come on. You know, that's not really civil rights to have a, a man who thinks he's a woman competing uh, with a young woman on the gym team or swimming team or whatever it is. And there is a backlash. And what just happened in the White House, you know, these people naked and, and these uh, incredible scenes that we saw in that pride day, whatever they wanted to call it, including the flag. Uh, I just think a lot of people are getting turned off by that. And they're saying, you know, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And uh, unfortunately, the, the Biden White House doesn't seem to understand uh, what enough is enough is. They're so committed to these groups that they can't seem to stop it and say, no, uh, that's not a good idea to have people naked running around the White House. That's not uh, that's not up to the dignity uh, of the White House. So hopefully, hopefully public opinion is starting to come around and sanity 
is returning to public opinion because the idea of a young man playing in a woman's swimming team or whatever, I mean, that's just crazy. That is just crazy. That has nothing to do with civil rights. That is just crazy. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Well, thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Have a wonderful day. It's going to get very hot here uh, in this part of the country. So I guess uh, summer, summer is almost here. Not officially here, but as far as the temperatures, summer is here. Thank you. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day, everybody.